Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. So uh, that's what we've been doing for the past couple of weeks. Today I'm excited because we're wrapping up the series that we started a few weeks ago called Fear Not. Uh, and before we do go any further, I want to stop and take a, a second to welcome all the people uh, that are doing church online. Every week we have some more. Yeah, you guys can give them a hand if you want to, for sure. Every week we have something like 50 people that are watching uh, regularly and doing church online from the comfort of, uh, of their homes or if they're traveling, they're out and away. Actually, to, uh, this morning, uh, my own mom, who normally sits in front row, she's in Ohio, uh, and her and her sister are watching live uh, right now. So, Mom, hey, how's it going? Good to see you. Good morning. Um, I can't promise you I'm not going to embarrass you, even though you're in Ohio. It could happen, so... Uh, live with the tension of that, but uh, uh, but yeah, thanks for doing church with us uh, online as well as everybody here in person. I'm going to pray for us, and then we got, we're got we going to jump into it. You guys okay? Let's do it. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you this morning that we get to come together and we get to connect our hearts with one another and with you. I thank you for the time that we've been able to spend worshiping and loving on you. I pray that that in this time as as God, you've given me this word, I pray that you would teach us, your children, that you would minister to us, that you would adjust us and change our, our outlook, our perspective, not, not for the sake of just that we would make ourselves better, but God, that we would make the world around us better. I pray that we would be light in a dark place, and we thank you so much for what's to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Everybody said, amen, amen. You know, um, in this holiday season, as, as everyone's celebrating fear, I think fear is something that, that we all deal with. It's something that we, we all have in common. We're afraid of, of something. Um, you know, even, even if we put on the, the facade of being big and bad and, and, uh, and whatever, there's still something, there's things that we're all afraid of. And the Bible goes into talking something like 365 times throughout the Bible does it say to fear not. Specifically with, with many different things, but I think it's unique that, that it's, it's kind of cool that, that for every day of the year that we have, there's a time in the Bible where it says that we're supposed to combat fear. One of the fears that I think that we all have in common, something that we all deal with, uh, is this fear uh, that actually has translated to a different term, a different word. It's, it's this, uh, this feeling of anxiety or worry. This is something that, uh, especially with what's going on in the world and what's happened in these past uh, just couple, these past 18 months or so, is, is probably a bigger uh, deal that we fight with, a bigger fear that we, that we uh, come against than many other things. Worrying about our jobs, worrying about the money in our bank account. We, we worry about the, the, the leadership in this country whether it's the way we like it or not the way that we like it. Um, we worry about our own healths. We worry about the people around us. We have anxiety about what's going on in, in these, these next weeks and months and years to come. And this is something that the, we all kind of struggle with. But I think in this struggle, this isn't something that's, that's new. 
This isn't something that's unique to just what's going on in the world today. This is something that's been happening for a long time. And so as, as followers of Christ, I think it's important for us to come together and for us to, 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 to read and, and talk amongst ourselves and, and, and maybe adjust our way of thinking about how we're supposed to deal with worry, anxiety, and stress in our everyday lives. I think primarily... You know, there's, there's lots of things that we can worry and stress about, but I think primarily if we were to boil down all these things that we would list, it comes down to two things. The first area is, is we stress and we worry and we have anxiety about time, this thing that we value, this thing that, that the Bible says is, is but a vapor. Whether it comes to hitting deadlines in, in our jobs or whether it's a, the time that we have in, in training up our children, which very short amount of time it is, whether it's the time that we have with our spouses, whether it's the time that we even have on this, on this earth. I think time is something that is very valuable. The other thing that I think is, uh, that we've, we've put value on is our possessions or money. These are things that we, we, we stress about. Do we have enough of them? Have we accumulated enough? Do we have enough money in savings? Do we have enough money to cover the, the checks that are, that are out right now? How are you going to deal with Christmas coming up? Some of you guys, even as I say Christmas, you already start to feel anxiety and worry because you're like, dude, the bank account's already red, and I got kids, and this is going to be tough. It's easy for us to be overwhelmed with this idea of this fear called anxiety and worry. But if we're to follow Christ, I think part of what we're supposed to do as followers of him is listen to what he has to say about these things. And so I think the Bible is a, is a fantastic tool I use. I read it every day. This is something that, that I think that, that is a blessing to us. But, but when it comes to this Bible, I think the, the thing that even matters more is these words that are in red, these words that Jesus spoke. Because I think the things that he taught people then and the things that he's even teaching us through them now are the things that will really change the world that we live in. And so I want to read out of the book of Matthew chapter 6, verse, starting in verse 27 through 34. And this is going to be, just so you guys know or aware, this is primarily a big chunk of the Sermon on the Mount. One of the most discussed and talked about uh, and quoted chapters or sections uh, of the Bible. This is coming from uh, the book of Matthew, the first book in the New Testament. Jesus says this, he says, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? He's talking about time here, right? He's understanding, he's connecting with the people around him and even connecting with us so that we understand that when it comes to, to worry, some of the things that we worry about is the time that we have, if we have enough of it. If we have enough to, to do what we're, we think we're going to do, if we have enough that we're going to live out the purpose that God's called us to, if we have enough time to do the things that we want to do right. Some of us, we've done things wrong for so many years that we worry about, like, do we have enough time to, to fix it or adjust it? He continues on. He says, and why worry about your clothing? Here he's talking about possessions, money, right? So here in, in this very first sentence, we hear him talk about time. We hear him talk about, about money, these things that, that we worry for that even people back then did. He says, look at the lilies of the valley and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have such little faith? 
Jesus says. Now, this is the thing that, the part where we got to stop and we got to understand what Jesus is doing in this Sermon on the Mount. See, Jesus isn't, is, he's not trying to, like, judge people. He's not trying to, to get people to feel bad about what, what they've, how they've been going through. He's trying to adjust their mindset on things. He's trying to adjust the way they think and the way they feel and the, their priority level when it comes to life, specifically when they're dealing with the things that they hold of value. These things that they value are the things that they're, they're worrying about, and he's, he's trying to get them to understand that, like, hey, maybe the way that you have things set up, the way that you prioritize these things in your life is not the correct, the correct way. So he's, he's like, listen to me. Let, me. let me adjust this in you. He continues on. He says, so don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we, we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows your needs. And then when it comes to these things, when it comes to the problem, he gives the antidote. He, he says, when it comes to these things that you've, you've misprioritized, these things that are causing worry and stress and anxiety in your life, let, let, me, tell you how you, let me tell you how you fix it. He says this, he says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything that you need. If, if, if there was a, a sermon in a sentence today, if there was one thing that you took away from anything I want to talk about here, just for these next few short minutes, it's this. You have a decision every day you wake up to choose kingdom or this culture. Every day you wake up, you have, you have an opportunity to choose his kingdom or, or this culture. He says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he, meaning God, will give you everything that you need. Now, real quick, I don't want to misquote. It says everything you need. It doesn't say everything that you want, right? Because I'm going to tell you that's, that's definitely not the case. Many times I've prayed that I'd go out fishing and God let me catch a big whopper of a fish. And I come home and Eric is like, how many fish did you catch? And I said, well, I, saw, I still got some bait left. That's about it. We've gone out, people, we've got a whole group of people, Ed leads a whole group of people that they golf uh, every, uh, every, was it every Tuesday, Ed, right? 4 o'clock, 4.30? 5 o'clock. If you're interested in it, you can text the word uh, CONNECT to 386-200-9818. It's on the website too. But every, every week I ask them, hey, Ed, how did it go with a golf group? And there's weeks where Ed's like, by the way, this is the second time I've used you in a sermon illustration two weeks in a row. You better watch out when you talk about, buddy. Um, but every week, it's like it, it goes back and forth. It's like, man, it was great. We were, we played a little scramble, and we had three under. And there's weeks where he's like, man, it was not great at all. We played a scramble, and we were five over. I've been out and said, dear Jesus, help me have a good golf game. doesn't always work out. Because being a follower of Christ does not mean bad things don't happen to you. It doesn't mean you always get your way. It doesn't mean that everything comes out the way that you hope, that, that you want it to come out. Jesus said, seek the kingdom, and God will give you everything that you need. But I don't think it's about you getting what you need. I think what it's about is Jesus saying, if you will address and, and understand and reprioritize and change the way that you think, 
about what you're pursuing, whether it's the things of this world and the culture of, of, what, of what they say you need, if you'll adjust it to, to pursuing the kingdom of God and, and, and what God says you need, man, you'll understand that, that everything you get will be exactly what you need, and God will take care of you. As we continue on, it says, seek the kingdom of God and all else, and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. And he continues, he says, so don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Today you have a, today and tomorrow you have a decision to make every morning when you wake up. We choose the kingdom or we choose culture. I love what Luke says. He communicates the same story, the same teaching of what Jesus says, but he, he says it a little bit different. He says at the end, he says, so don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. You know, I think, um, I think for many of us, the reason that we have worry and anxiety and, and the fears that come with it is because our priorities have, have shifted somewhere along the way so that we're no longer pursuing just what, what God says we need. We're not pursuing the kingdom. We're pursuing what, what culture says is important. Status is important. Uh, su- success or acceptance is important. Having enough of so many things or certain things or, or it's, it will, will help us to feel the peace and, and, and will fill us and fuel us for, for what's next. It will provide uh, safety for us. And it's this, it's this giant lie. Because we see people that are, that are accepted. We see people that are, that are, that are out there in, in Hollywood and people that are celebrities and that they're struggling and stressing and they're full of anxiety and they're, they're going through times of depression. They're being accepted more than most. We see stories of people that, that are successful, that, that, that have accumulated wealth over years and years and years and have more than what they could ever spend, and still they're ornery and frustrated, and they can't find peace. Because somewhere along the way, we've adjusted where our priorities are. But see, the issue is if, if, if we will readjust them, not, not the issue. The antidote is this. If we'll readjust our priorities and understand pursuing, pursuing the kingdom is the key, well, then we get, we get the support of the kingdom. We get favor that comes with it. We get help that comes with it. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 through 6 says, Don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God, it says, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. So we can keep the confidence of knowing that the Lord is our helper, so we'll have no fear. What can mere people do to me? See, I th- when, I, when I think of peace, when I think of the opposite of anxiety and worry, which is, which is peace, when, when I think about that, I think there's also, there also comes a confidence. But the confidence is, is not in me. See, we have this weird thing in culture today where, like, people have figured out that they can try, kind of put on this shell of, like, false, um, what's the word, like, not, not um, it's like false confidence. They'll stand out 
and that they'll take a stand and, and, and something or whatever it is because they seek that confidence. But true confidence comes in understanding where your help comes from. My confidence comes from a God that has never failed me, has never abandoned me. Doesn't mean bad stuff hasn't happened to me, but I know that when I've gone through it, he's been there to get me through it. I think as we continue to choose the kingdom, continue to choose Christ and pursuing him and living like him and, and holding important the things that he held important, I think we have the opportunity to get that peace and get that confidence that only comes from him. He says it's actually going to come upon us in, in the form of, of, someone, of something else. He talks about the Holy Spirit in John chapter 14, verse 25 to 27. He says, I'm telling you these things now. He's talking, by the way, he's talking to his disciples that, uh, towards the end of his life. He's telling them about like, things that are to come. He said, I'll tell you these things now while I'm still with you. But when the Father sends an advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. I'm leaving you with this gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you is a gift the world cannot give. So do not be troubled and do not be afraid. And I think when we continue to pursue the kingdom, when we continue to, to follow Christ and live righteously, it gives us this opportunity to commune and connect with the Holy Spirit. And what the Holy Spirit can do in me and in you is far greater than a number in your bank account can, than acceptance of your friends around you can, than having the right job can. There's a confidence and peace that comes with him that is far greater than what our culture can ever even produce. You know, um, it's kind of funny. I remember uh, being a young boy, and uh, my parents always had us in church and uh, since I can, I can remember. And I'm, I'm thankful for it. A lot of the things that I know today um, are based off of what I learned back then and based off of what they taught me. It's incredibly helpful. But when I was a young boy in those days, the, the culture of, of the church, right, which was supposed to be pursuing the kingdom, and, and I'm not saying that they weren't. I think they were just a little bit off with it. But I remember, I remember the church had this, uh, this whole idea of, of uh, boycotting things. How many of you guys remember that? Like, uh, I remember there was a time where the church in general, like, boycotted Disney, right? I don't think it hurt Disney that much. They're still going pretty strong. Um, bo bo boycotted lots of things. But I remember one time as a, as a young boy, like, one of the things that, uh, that we boycotted or that we stayed away from was, was Halloween. Like, we're not, we're not celebrating Halloween. That's just not what we're doing. So what, what was supposed to happen is you go home. You put on a movie, you turn off your porch lights, and you act like you're not home. And people are doing the uncomfortable laugh because you did it too. It's all right. We're all on the same page. I was reminded of this time because um, just a couple weeks ago when we started the series, I actually got an email uh, for someone that, that 
attended Coastline on that, that very first Sunday that I started Fear Not. And as we were talking about what we're going to do in the community with this Halloween season and, and how we were going to connect with those around us, uh, it, it was one of those things that this person did not agree with the stance that we were taking. It was very much one of like, it was an email written in hopes of helping to educate me a little bit on, on what this holiday means and, and to, to make me aware of, of maybe some wrong turns I had, I had made in leading our church. And, and I want to tell you this, like, as a church family, like, man, you ever want to email me or anything, like, something you don't agree with, please do it. And I, I'm, it's not one of these things, like, I'm going to argue with you or anything like that. I think that's part of what family's supposed to do. Family's supposed to, like, call each other out when, when things need to be called out. And so if you need to email me any questions or, or issues that you have or you want to yell at me about, I'm wearing a Carhartt shirt today, not a Columbia shirt, and you just think that's not what Christ would approve of, you can email me at Elizabeth at CoastlineNSB.com, and I will get right back to you. <clears throat> this person wrote this email in, in hopes of helping better the church and had a list of these things of reason why we should not be a part, the church should not be a part of, of Halloween. It promotes, promotes fear. It's based off of a holiday that had to do a lot with pain and with suffering and even death. There's a lot happens on this day that, that is not what, what Christ would say is pursuant of the kingdom person said, you know, it would be a great idea if the church decided to, to hold a service and, and pray together and, and worship with one another instead of this, which I didn't write back. We're like, nah, nah, we did it anyways. We were doing church on Sunday, Halloween. Here we are. We worshiped. We prayed. But when I wrote her back in, in, in a very, very loving way, I communicated uh, to this person about this, that you know, when it comes to the days that we do celebrate, when it comes to, to days like, like Christmas, Christmas we celebrate the birth of Jesus. We celebrate it December 25th every year like clockwork. We give each other presents and remember that Jesus is the reason for the season. It's his birthday. There's even a song about it, right? Happy birthday, Jesus. I'm so glad it's Christmas. Kayla, if you need me to back you up next week, you just let me know. And it's fun and all. It's great. But do you guys realize that Jesus wasn't born in the month of December? He wasn't born in the wintertime at all. He was born in the spring, which is it's kind of funny because you're like, well, why do we celebrate it in the winter? The reason why we celebrate in the winter is because that Christmas holiday that we love so much and we cherish so much actually has a pagan origin. See, that, that holiday actually started out as a holiday uh, called the celebration of solstice. And solstice meant like at some point in the, in the season of, of the year that now there would be more sunlight than there was darkness. So this pagan holiday at some point changed into Christmas, and the reason that it did is because the church got together Specifically, the followers of, of Christ in the city of Rome way back in the day got together and said, you know what? Culture says this holiday is going to be this. 
but we're going to change that. And we're going to take it back for the kingdom. And we're going to turn it into something else. And so they turned it into Christmas. Came from pagan organs, origins, though. Another holiday that we celebrate so well is, uh, is Easter. I love Easter. Easter's my favorite. Pretty much any holiday where Reese peanut butter cups change shape, that's my favorite holiday. So we got Christmas trees for Christmas. Man, we're celebrating the birth of Jesus with Christmas trees from Reese's Pieces or Reese Cups or whatever it is. What is it now? Pumpkins? I think we got pumpkins out now. I'm going to tell you right now, if you go to the store after this and buy all the pumpkin Reese Cups, you can drop them off in my house, and like half of them will still be around for our Christmas parade. I'll pass those out later on. Those are my favorite. Easter's, they got, they got the eggs, right? Easter, we celebrate... The fact that Jesus is alive and well, that he beat death in the grave. It's like the Super Bowl of Christianity, man. We celebrate it. It's such a big thing every every Easter Sunday. That one's the closest to the same type of year when it actually happened. But that holiday as well comes from pagan backgrounds. That holiday was a holiday called I would love to tell you, but I didn't write it down. What did I? Solstice no celebration. Didn't write it down. Perfect. That's great. I'm gonna blame, blame it on one of my kids. Had to do with light as well, though. Had to do with the fact that that at that point in time, there was as equal light and equal dark when it comes to 24-hour period. And in both these holidays, they were celebrated in pagan pagan ways by by things that we're not going to talk about here today because it would make us incredibly uncomfortable. But the reason why Easter is what it is today is because at some point the church came together and said, no, 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 no. Like culture says that this is what it is. But we're going to change that. We're going to do something a little bit different. And so I think to myself, when I'm responding to this person who's saying, like, the church needs to stay far away from Halloween and from the fear that goes with it, the celebration is what it is. I think, but what if the church said, we're not going to follow and pursue what culture says. We are going to follow and pursue the kingdom. And on this day and the next day and, and the year that goes out past it, Jesus Christ has called us to do one thing, to love our neighbors as we love ourselves He says that the world will see how we love one another and know him from it. I think when it comes to what today is, the church should not run away from it. The church should use it as an opportunity to continue to pursue the kingdom. And so this morning, I want to challenge you with something. This Halloween, today, some of you all, you already made plans. You picked out what movie you're going to watch. You got your timer set. You're going to turn your porch lights out or whatever it is. You're going to make sure the whole neighborhood knows that you are not accepting of what this holiday is. I'm going to ask you to change the way that you think. I'm going to ask you to pursue the kingdom. And I think one of the best ways that you can do it is through a candy bar. Snickers, this is one of my personal favorite candy bars. 
I remember being a kid, you always knew that family in your neighborhood that gave away full-size candy bars for Halloween, right? Well, if you were in my neighborhood, none of the, none of the people did because we were too poor. So we'd get in cars and go to the rich folks' neighborhoods and find those guys, right? Well, we still knew about it. I remember going up and getting a full-size Snicker bar and thinking, holy schmoly. What about if as followers of Christ during this time, rather than shying away from the community that God has called us to reach, we embrace them in love? doesn't mean we got to prove. I don't want anybody to go out and celebrate a pagan holiday at all. That's not what, what Coastline is asking you to do. I want you to go out and pursue the kingdom and love your neighbor as you love yourself. And so today, I want you to challenge the way that you think on a couple of things. One is when it comes to stress and anxiety and worry in your life, ask yourself when it comes to that thing that you're stressing and worrying about, is that because culture says you're supposed to? What does the kingdom say about it? When it comes to your job, when it comes to your finances, when it comes to what you're dealing with, adjust your perspective and your priorities and pursue the kingdom in that. Pursue what Christ would want in that. And lastly, when it comes to today and what today is, we have an opportunity to shift and adjust our culture. From this being a holiday of fear and pain and whatever, to maybe it turns into a holiday of community connection and love it's happened the church has done it over years it could happen in our community just by us and so today as you on your way home maybe you stop by the dollar tree and you buy a handful of candy bars Maybe you don't have to put out the giant spiders and the fog machine out in front of your house, but maybe you just put out a little table and a basket and you sit out there with your rocking chair with your wife as little kids come home or come by and dressed as ninjas or 36 Captain Americas in a row. What about if we just hand them a candy bar said, neighbor, it's good to see you. God bless you. If there's anything I do for you in the future, you let me know. What about if we just loved the people that God allowed to walk into our driveways this evening? I, I think if we did that, I don't think we're celebrating any pagan holiday. I think we're we're pursuing the kingdom and what he's called us to do. Amen. So today I want to challenge you and your worry and your anxiety and in the way that you live and what we do tonight. Kingdom over culture will change the world you live in. Tomorrow when you wake up, kingdom over culture will change the world that you live in. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, as we're bombarded with things on the news and on TV and what our friends say and the people around us, it's easy for us to adopt 
the thoughts and ways of this culture that you put us in. But God, I pray that right now that your Holy Spirit would settle upon us and that you would adjust our perspective and our priorities. That as the good Father that you are, that you would teach us, your children, that as we're just trying to figure it out, you would show us the things that we need to, to move over or we need to not pay as much attention to. And I pray that you would tune in our hearts and our minds on you and in your kingdom and what you want to do in New Smyrna Beach and Edgewater and Oak Hill and Mims and Sam Sula and Port Orange in our neighborhoods with our neighbors. I thank you for the opportunity you've given us pray you give us the courage to continue to pursue your kingdom. I thank you so much for what's to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.